Salutations to all the nations. You're listening to a Swab Experience with your boy, DD. All right, so welcome once again. It's been a while. Obviously, you guys haven't heard from me in a while. But what great news is, is that I'm also on YouTube as well. So the YouTube channel name is The Swab Kid. So you can find me on there. I do content, a lot of fashion videos, my thoughts, all that sort of stuff. It's a different type of content for your boy DD. This podcast is more about the intellectual as far as uh, Christianity goes. And to be honest with you, I just wanted to shake it up, try something new. So definitely check out my YouTube channel. Come with the heat once again. So let's get right into this. You guys are ready and hopefully you guys are doing all safe or right, you know, hopefully you guys are all okay during these trying times. Like the world's crazy. I think the Bible is basically unrevealing itself uh, before our very eyes and everything that we've read, whether you grew up in the church or not, you can see it come to pass and coming to pass. So we're going to be talking about the importance of the heart today. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. So the natural heart, as we know, is a vital organ, and in our body, it helps pump our blood throughout the body. If there's any stoppage to it, something could happen that's negative. It could be a heart attack, clots, or any ailments that we have, and it could be detrimental to our health and can even cause death. Now, our spiritual heart is just as important. So the Bible says this, in Proverbs 4 and 23, guard your heart with all vigilance, for out of it are the sources of life. Now, this becomes a bigger and broader question. Why would God tell us? Why would he tell human beings to guard our hearts? Well, there's a reason for that. It's because when we guard something or someone were to guard something, that thing is must be important. It must have a high value. For example, if you're going by Buckingham Palace, there's guards always around the clock guarding the palace. Why? Because that palace is valuable. And not only just the palace, the people who are inside the palace are valuable. So that's what we have to understand is that God is telling us to guard our hearts because of the fact, the mere fact that it is one of the most valuable and vital parts of our identity with the heart. It encompasses and it gives us or it hides our morals, our values, our identity, and our motives. So if you want to know what people do things or why people behave in certain manners, it's because of what's in their heart, right? That's one thing that I've learned over my lifetime is that the heart is vital. It's important because with the heart itself, we have to understand that we cannot go aside from it. So whatever's in our heart is going to come out. So if lying's in your heart, that's going to come out. That's why it says out of it is the issues or the sources of life. That's your character. That's your being. What's ever inside of your heart. You're not going to do anything that's opposed of which was in your heart for the most part. And yo, you probably think to yourself, how is that so? So think about it this way. How many people have you known in your lifetime where you see them one way and then all of a sudden you see that they are acting out in a different way? 
that is contrary to what they normally acted like. Now, this is not sporadic because humans are not like that. But what it is, is something got into their heart or it was there all along and now you're seeing it. Now you see them acting the fool. So you guys know for a fact now that there's something in there that is causing them to do certain things. To act certain ways. That's how you see someone's true motives. That's why I said just always, when it comes to people, always just give them time and just to see what's actually in them. Because it's going to come out eventually. You can't fake the funk on a nasty dunk. It's always going to come to light. So that's one thing that we have to know. And Jesus also said in Matthew 6 and 21, for where your heart is, or for where your treasure is, your heart will be also. So with that said, we know that whatever is we esteem highly in our hearts or whatever we esteem to be greater or what we think is valuable, the heart is going to be there with us. So there could be good things in your heart. There could also be bad things in your heart. But we have to understand is that whatever we deem valuable, whatever we hold as a high standard, that's where our hearts are going to be. That's why we can't fully rely on the heart. As Jeremiah 17 and 9 says, the heart is deceitful and wicked above all things. Who can know it? Which basically translated in modern terminology is who can really understand it. And it's hard. We don't follow the Disney mantra of follow your heart. I know that it sounds good on a Hallmark card, but it's not practical because our heart changes and is not trustworthy. Because if we actually did everything our heart tells us to do, we would be dead or we would cause harm to other people. And that's why Moses talked about this earlier on in the, I think it's either in Exodus or in numbers where he's i think it's actually deuteronomy he actually said that you're not going to be worried about the circumcision as your normal circumcision but god is walking to circumcise the heart so the heart is what needs to be circumcised the heart is what needs to be changed because you can try your best to uphold the law but if wickedness is still in your heart you're just going to keep falling you're just going to keep practicing sin so that's why Christ came to die so that you can have life and have it more abundantly, that you can have his spirit and his spirit will change and circumcise your heart to desire the things of godliness, to desire the things of righteousness. So that's what we have to understand and that we have to keep it, keep the main thing, the main thing, because we know for a fact that God did tell us that we should serve him with his heart, with our hearts. But at the end of the day, you got to serve him with your mind first. You have to make the, the conscious decision with your mind. That's why he always tells you to be uh, sober. Because when you're sober, you're able to think clearly. You're able to not just think out of emotion and make a decision out of emotions but be rational and logical because that's what god is he has logic and he has that thing and he wants you to make a conscious decision saying that i will serve you with my mind first then my strength then i will serve you with my heart so it's an order and when it comes to god what you guys have to understand is that he lacks order okay so that's what he wants he wants order and it's important for you to have 
order because if you don't and things are dysfunctional, God doesn't dwell in chaos. The first thing that he did is he turned um, in Genesis is that he made whatever was chaotic and he turned it and set it into order. So order must be able to correct chaos. So that's one thing you have to look into your own life is see how chaotic it is. And if it is, then you take a step back and you seek God and help him or give him way so that he can turn your chaos into order. So that's one thing that we have to address. And then the heart we know, like I mentioned before, I mentioned again, that it is an emotional thing. It is relative. It's not absolute. It changes. It's always fleeting. So we have to make sure that we apply the scriptures correctly and that we have to be careful when it comes to our heart. We don't let our heart leads. We lead with our mind and then let the heart follow the mind because the heart can change any moment. I'm not saying you won't change your mind, but is less likely that you're changing your mind on certain things than you will when it's a heart. And that's why you need the word to be in you so that you are like a tree, as the scripture says, planted by the rivers of water. So you're stable. You're not wavering to and fro, as the scriptures say. So we must serve him that way. And regarding cleaning the heart. Now, this is an interesting uh, thing. I'm going to go over to... Uh, Mark chapter 8 and 36. So uh, let's see. He says this. And when he had actually it's 34. And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples, also he said unto them, whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it and who but whosoever will shall lose his life will will lose his life for my sake and the gospels the same shall save it for what shall it profit a man to gain the world but lose his own soul or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul so what are you going to give for that whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and I of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him also the son of man shall be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his father with the holy angels. So you've noticed in that passage that Christ made it clear that you have to make the decision. So that starts the cleaning process that you deny what you want to do. You deny who you are. You deny who you were and you take up your cross and then you follow him and that you forsake the world and become one of his. So, and I'm not saying that you can't have ambitions as far as, uh, like, say you want to be a doctor or you want to be a podcaster or YouTuber. I'm not saying all of that stuff. But at the end of the day, I don't think it should be more important than Christ. Sometimes he's going to tell you to walk away from it. So are you going to be ready to do that? Just like the rich young ruler. Are you going to be, are you going to walk away from it and come to Christ? Or are you going to, it's too hard to give up. 
So that's one thing that I'm working on myself to make sure I'm not fully attached to even this podcast, my YouTube channels, my Instagram page, all that stuff. We can't, though it's part of my creation stuff, a part of my world, because essentially I kind of want to have like a Dan Schneider, if you guys know who that is, uh, Bill Cosby, um, Disney, Walt Disney, Stan Lee, Jim Henson, and uh, I think I'm forgetting one more person. But one thing those guys have in common, like you can say Steve Jobs too, but I'm really talking about like the entertainment of it all or the orchestration of the entertainment and how it works. And Vince McMahon, that was the one I was missing, is those guys were able to create their own type of world where people can go and escape into that from reality for a little while and then come back to reality after with Vince McMahon and WWE, Stan Lee and Marvel, uh, Jim Henson and the Muppets, Bill Cosby and in, in his many shows and Dan Schneider and his many shows with Nickelodeon. And I'm not saying that all these guys have per- perfect lives, but what I will say is that it's interesting how these guys actually are able to create but now that we got that aside, but at the end of the day, they you cannot have that triumph over your relationship with God. You cannot have it triumph over your love for God. You cannot have it be who you are in essence, but it is a part of you, but it's not fully you because you have an identity in Christ now. You're a new creature. So one thing I, I looked into is when Mark 7 and 19... And this is what it says, because it entereth not into his heart, but unto the belly and goeth out into the draw, drop purging all meats. And he said that which cometh out of a man that defile, that file man for from within it, out of the thoughts. Wait. Backtrack, backtrack, okay. From, for from within, out of the thoughts, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornication, murders, thefts, covetousness, wolf, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, and an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile the man. So as we see talking about the heart going back onto topic you see how christ himself was able to list out the points that all these things exist in mankind in the hearts of them and christ wants or christ came to die to take those things out of us to take it out of us so that we don't desire it and afflict more pain and sorrow in his world and also be changed to be more like him and that's the whole point of christianity is to be more like christ and to follow him so we know in matthew 12 matthew 12 and 34 that christ said and he spoke and he said this is that the out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks so whatever's internal is going to come out as i mentioned before so he's showing us that what we can really do with our hearts that whatever's in our heart is our true selves you cannot fake the funk 
like I said before, it's who you are. You can't stray from it because that's exactly who you are. And if you have hatred in your heart, it's going to come out. And we can see that transpiring in the world today. I haven't seen so much hate in my life within the last past three months, man. And it's actually ridiculous, man. That's what it really is. It's ridiculous. And I think people are trying to solve, especially with this whole racial situation that's continuing to go on. And it's always been here. It never really went anywhere, to be honest with you. Uh, It's just, it died down in a sense that it wasn't as in your face. Now it is. And um, I necessarily don't agree with how people have going about it because at the end of the day you're trying to solve something that is spiritual with carnal means and you're not going to get the problem solved whether you want reform with the police that's fine i think police officers should be held more accountable i think they should get reprimanded if you're doing wrong because if I were to do anything like of that nature or if you were to do anything of that nature you would be reprimanded so I think that's fair that's what justice is but at the, the end of the day I also believe in forgiveness I also believe in mercy because blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy not to say that you let people walk all over you. You can stand up for yourself. But what I'm saying is, at the end of the day, you have to also be merciful. And you also have to be the standard of what meekness is. If you are a Christian, if you believe in Christ, if you have His spirit. Because if you don't, then what good are you? You're just adding more noise to the chaos. And it's funny how I just see all these Christians while out <laughs> about this whole thing and they're not even talking about Christ not one time. So it's like, were you really even about this life or not? Because now I'm now I'm confused because it's like you're talking and cussing and getting mad and saying you want revenge and all that stuff and they don't understand and Yeah, I get it. But at the end of the day, if you really think about it, all of us are guilty in God's eyes. That's why he sent his son to die. And he died for those who were oppressed. And he also died for the oppressor as well. So that the oppressor would stop oppressing and that the oppressed will not be oppressed. So we have to understand, even if, because there's many people who have been victimized and I'm not going to make light of it. But those who have been victimized have also victimized other people as well. So any person in that situation, depending on who you are, I won't even say depending on who you are, but for the most part, we could be in that situation and do the same thing that a cop would do in a negative life. And we're just as viable viable as him and we're just as viable as the victim. So we could have been either party. And that's what we have to understand. We have to think clear about it and see what we're actually talking about, what we're actually fighting about. Because at the end of the day, it's in the heart. If you don't have, you can't fight racism to the grave. You can if you want to, but you're not going to eradicate it because it's still in people's heart. 
a racist is going to be a racist till he dies or she dies. But if you don't preach the gospel, if you don't teach people that Christ is the way, that he is the personification of what love means to be able to die for a friend, and that when he resurrected, that he had power over death and sin so that you don't have to live that life anymore. And I think a lot of with the racist stuff is like, I think it's a mental illness as well. Cause like, to be honest with you, it doesn't even make any sense. Like, how are you going to really hate somebody just because of skin pigmentation? Especially if you know what it actually is, then you realize, okay, all it is, is one person has more melanin than the other person. And the differences between us is pretty much 0.024 of our genetic makeup. So it's not that far. And if we weren't, that if we were that different, like for example, if we were different races, we wouldn't be able to procreate with one another because we have interracial couples, right? And even the idea of race, which is actually interesting, because I know it's man-made, anyways. But the thing that's intriguing to me is that how people would call me an African Canadian, when technically a Canadian is just a nationality, an African is a continent. Africa is a continent. So technically, that's not necessarily a race because there's only one race. It's a human race. It's just that we're all different and we come in different colors. And that's the beauty of God's creation. So we have to understand that. And once that's in your heart, you don't get mad. And I'm not saying you can't get upset. You can. But it's just how you deal with your anger, which shows who's a Christian and who's not. So that's what the Bible also says. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. And then also, there's a way to express it. You can get upset. But there's certain ways to handle it. And I've seen people who claim to be Christian and not, not handling it in a biblical way. Okay? And it shows that to me that there's actually more in your heart than you think that there actually is. And you're not, not necessarily mad at that person that did that thing to that young man. You're really just mad at somebody else and you're just projecting it out. So, continuing on, there also cannot be any alternative to this all right this is how de- this is what determines us to be true christians because whatever in their heart will come to light and this is what james 4 and 8 says and i recommend you guys read the book of james because if you're out of control james will later verbal smack down on your rudy poo self he will put you in check so this is what he says dry an eye unto god and he will dry an eye unto you cleanse your hands ye sinners purify your hearts ye double-minded so that's what he says so this means the purification process starts with you so why would james tell you to cleanse your hands and purify your hearts well it's because you're the one that's supposed to be doing that process you start it you start the purification process. You can't just sit there and say, God, clean my heart. You got to start. Whether it be turning off certain things, whether it be fasting, whether it be praying more, there's certain things that you could do and that you can do to start the process, to keep it going. And this is another verse that I think goes with it pretty well. I believe it's in 2 Corinthians 
verse. It gets verse uh, chapter eleven. And uh, I think it's fifteen. I'm not sure though. Hold on, can't find it right now, but I think it's in. It's definitely in. Uh, Second Corinthians. But if I can't find it, it's not the end of the world. Um. Anyways, continuing on. Uh. Okay. So continuing on, whether it is unforgiveness or malice, you can no longer sweep it under the rug because it's just going to build up anything. And I used this analogy before, and I'm going to use it again. So essentially, when you're sweeping your house, right, there's always dust to sweep. So when you're cleaning your room, sweeping your house, one thing that people want to do is get the dust out of the deep corners get the dust out of there so you can sweep it put it in a pile and then dump it into the trash and then the trash man does what he wants to do with the trash that you give him now what happens is, is when you put all this dust underneath the rug essentially all that you're really doing is just making the dust pile up, pile up, pile up again. And when you do that, that doesn't eradicate the dust. That doesn't anathematize the dust. That just builds more dust over time to the point where it's out of control. So what God wants you to do is instead of hiding it in your heart and as the Bible would put it, getting a root of bitterness inside of you, as scripture would say, what you really want to do is get the dust out and throw it away so that the rug is clean and that your house is clean. So these harboring issues actually can harm you in many ways. And one is actually a multivariate situation. It can harm you physically, emotionally, psychologically, and definitely spiritually. Your body is not designed to carry all that weight. And that's why Christ says, uh, cast your burdens upon me and I'll give you rest. So he wants to carry your struggles. You don't have to do it. And also Peter said is cast all your cares upon him. So that's two scriptures that actually back that up. Um, so that's your part of it. So if you're doing and harboring all these issues upon you, what, what it does to you from a psychological perspective, it can give you social anxiety. It can give you depression. This is clinically proven. Also, from a physical or physiological perspective, what it does is sometimes you can have heart palpitations. Basically, for example, have you ever had a situation where someone did something to you that was wrong? You were wronged and you don't like that person and the hatred or the dislike has started to grow more and more frequently or grow grow bigger in your heart to the point where you see them or you hear their name and then your heart starts beating irregularly 
And you're like, yo, what's going on right now? Like, why am I feeling this? That's because you have hatred in your heart towards that person or unforgiveness. And as Christians, we know that we can't harbor unforgiveness in our heart because if we are not able to forgive, then Christ will not forgive us for all the wrongs we have done to him. So that's one thing that we have to do. So I'm going to take a quick intermission and then we will be back momentarily. This is a swab experience. Yo, we're back in the house and yo, I'm teaching right now. So let's get right back into it. So I just left off about irregular heartbeats, heart palpitations, uh, your sympathetic nervous system getting out of whack. All these sort of things that actually can transpire with unforgiveness, malice, and all these things that are harbored in your heart. Uh, this could be transpired or this could be happenstance could be basically of trauma as from when you're a child. could be a situation, a backlash between you and a family member. could come from anywhere, a friend, uh, something actually was wrongfully done to you and you're the recipient of that. So it could be so many things, but the Bible just tells us. And what I find to be interesting is even though all these things that happen to us, a lot of it are bad. One thing that I do admire about scripture is that it shows people in worse situations than us, to be honest with or if we're honest with ourselves, and they're able to come back from it. Look at David's life. That's not an easy life. I know he was king and all that. But his family life was trash. And majority of his life, he was on the run because a dude was trying to kill him. So I, and he was still able to forgive them. It was hard for him. And he did wrong stuff too with Bathsheba and killing her husband. And he was wrong for that. But he was still a man of God's own heart. So he was able to forgive those who tried to harm him. And I know a lot of you guys read his um <laughs> read the Psalms and see like God kill my enemies and take out their intestines and tie it around their neck and all that stuff. Not literally, but certain things around that nature. But you can't apply David's prayer to your life. It doesn't work that way. You have Christ and he sent you a different example. So what we can do with David's Psalms is apply it to a spiritual sense against like the spiritual wickedness that we would actually fight against, not humans. Okay. The spiritual stuff behind them. So just to set the record straight, because a lot of you might take that and run with it and says, the Bible says X, Y, and Z. So I'm going to say it to my mama or my, or my stepmom or uh, my mother-in-law, but you need peace. And, what the Bible does give is peace of mind. And that's why it's probably is not, I wouldn't even say probably it is my favorite book of all time because it's actually helped me more than any other book, any other self-help book, any other book that I ever read. And I read, I read a lot of philosophy as well, but nothing comes into comparison. They're not even close to the Bible. So we're continuing on and we know that, some have suffered 
at the hands of the government, whether it be as high as federal or as low as uh, municipal. And some people have suffered in their family. Their friends have stabbed them in the back. And people actually suffer in church. And I might do an episode on church hurt because that's a real thing, my guy. Um, People really, 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 really suffering from church hurt based off what somebody said about them, a rumor, backbiting, gossiping. Some people have actually been sexually harassed or assaulted in church. People, I know people who've been stalked by church members. I know people who've been uh, lied upon by church members, people who, like I said, started rumors, people who've gotten taken advantage of. Some people, some leaders have uh, manipulated church members. And yeah, at the end of the day, when you really think about it, they're humans, right? And we humans are trash at times. And when it comes to human beings, so long as there's a door open, there's always going to be a crazy person that wanders in. Sometimes leadership can get corrupt and there's politicking that goes around with it because there's a human being and that's what we do. And there's hierarchies and all that stuff. And the only hierarchy that I'm really okay with for the most part, because I know where hierarchy is coming from, but as far as God being the head and then Christ, well, yeah, God being the overall head, God the Father, and then Christ being the head of the church, right? That's how it's supposed to go. But Christ is the head of the man, and then the man is the head of the woman, and then the children are underneath everybody else. So that's the biblical one that God, it's not really, really a hierarchy per se, but it's an order. So there's so many things that happened within the church and people get hurt. People get lied upon. People get abused. People get hurt in church. And sometimes it's from people who you would never expect. Could be someone that you're really close to, someone that you trusted. Could be persons that you had a high admiration towards and you respected highly. And they just let you down. Because you're not supposed to trust human beings anyways. And I'll talk about that in another episode. But at the end of the day, all these things are plausible. But what I think that I ask of you is that you do not let that stuff fester in your heart. That you forgive and purify and guard your own heart. So that God can truly use you to expand his kingdom and fight against evil. Because God cannot use you if you have all that junk in your trunk. I'm just joking. If you have all that stuff in your heart. Because if you do, you're going to hurt somebody else. And that's one thing I learned. I got this message. I heard a couple messages a few months ago from Pastor G. Craig Lewis, G. Craig Lewis, so definitely check his stuff out, EX Ministries. But one thing that I did notice is that that if I have this these things in my heart, if I have lust, hatred, malice, envy, uh, lasciviousness, c- 
covetousness, all these things in my heart, I'm going to hurt more people than I'm going to help. And it's going to be hard for God to use me with all that stuff in my heart because I could have wrath in my heart and then go and take a sermon. And then if somebody crosses me, that I use that sermon to lash out on them. Or if you would have lust in your heart, then you would look at the women in the church or if you're a woman, you would look at the men in the church in a wrong way and take advantage of them. And that's one thing that we have to understand and we're doing more damage than good. So we gotta always make sure that our hearts are right. And usually the times when my heart's not right, I'm not saying anything. I'm not encouraging anyone, I'm not doing anything until I try to get it <laughs> as right as I can. And I know that God will meet me. As scripture says, is if you go towards God, God will come towards you. You take a step towards God, God will take two steps towards you. So we have to understand that it, it's the antithesis of God's nature. God doesn't like hate. He does not like malice. He does not like envying. He doesn't like lasciviousness. He doesn't have like covetousness. He doesn't like hatred. He doesn't like fornication. and doesn't like all these different things that we have. Um, as Jesus said in Mark 7, he, he knows all these things come. And all these things that we have in our hearts because of our sinful nature and because of our sinful dispositions that we are born into, when it boils down to it, it defiles us. So that's why Christ made it clear and God made it clear in his word that we must purify our hearts, that we must have a clean heart. As David said, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me, O God. So we have to make sure that our heart is correct because of the fact is we can weaponize scripture and we can cause harm to the gospel and actually if you keep preaching for example the gospel or doing all these different things and you have all these things in the heart really what it really does is it makes the gospel null and void because you're hurting other people and the gospel is and the antithesis of what you're actually doing and not only that you weaponize the scripture and use it as vindication or justice to beat down people that you have a problem with or to make you yourselves self-righteous just like the Pharisees. But really, internally, you have dead man's bones. So we have to really make sure and get right. So in conclusion, make sure you protect your heart at all costs. You read the word daily, pray daily without ceasing, as the Bible would say. Making sure you're rightly aligned with Scripture and that at the end of the day, you can have a pure heart. And I'm going to conclude with this Scripture because at the end of the day, Scripture is the most important thing in the entire world. So... First Samuel 6 and 17, where the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance on the height of his stature. And for some of y'all short people listening to this, that's a good thing for y'all. 
your boy DD is like 6'6. Six, six, so, huh? Anyways, because I rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this. Um, I'm going to do a lot more of this type of stuff. I'm going to see if I can post at least one episode a week. If not, y'all know where I am. Underscore Didi the Swap Kid. Instagram, Twitter. And uh, no, I'm, not, I'm not on TikTok anymore. But Instagram, Twitter, underscore Didi the Swap Kid. The Swap Kid on YouTube. And with that said, I'm signing off once again. So just chill, chill till the next episode because your boy DD is definitely out of here. God bless y'all.